0: Hello and welcome back to episode six of the We Talk Ball podcast. I'm DJ Cadden and I'm joined by my roommate, Mason McKay. Mason, how are we feeling today? How are we feeling about getting drafted to go to the Ukraine?
1: To The Ukraine? Um, I'm not feeling great about it. Not going to lie. I wasn't built for this. Runs in the family, but skipped a generation, I guess, with mine. So
0: (laughs) maybe my kids will be ready when they come. me and Mason are hoping that we uh, get to stay in the States. We value our safety. We value our lives. And we are back with episode six, like I said. It's going to be another NBA episode. As we are recording this podcast, the NBA is making its return from the All-Star break. It was an entertaining All-Star weekend, I think I would say, besides the dunk contest. Mason, what were your thoughts on what you saw? So what I
1: took away from All-Star weekend was – The game was great. Three-point contest was a little odd with Cat winning, but the dunk contest was obviously one of the worst dunk dunk contests we've ever seen. It's becoming the norm. The dunk contests really don't live up to the expectations. Ever since we saw Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine throwing it down a couple years ago, it just hasn't really lived up to the hype.
0: Yeah, I think the expectations are so high after the Levine-Gordon years that it's just never going to live up, but it was – hilarious to see Jalen Green have a true shooting percentage of 22.2% in a dunk contest. That was my favorite part of All-Star Weekend, and Curry going absolutely ballistic in the All-Star game, had, what was it, 15, 16 threes, just something ridiculous. But we'll just go ahead and jump right into this episode. We're going to be talking about our midseason awards. We're going to talk about the uh, ESPN Top 75 list, kind of what we took away from that, and then we'll finish this episode off we're gonna predict the playoffs if it started today. So the current playoff bracket with the standings as they stand right now. So let's just get into our top, the top seventy-five. Our reactions. We're gonna do our biggest surprise, biggest snubs, and we're gonna talk about NBA hundred in twenty-five years. Mason, who was your biggest surprise being on the list? I think this one was. I think there was a lot of agreement on this one. But who was your biggest surprise?
1: Um, I had my biggest surprise as Anthony Davis. I just don't think that he really deserves to be on it. Obviously, there's a little bit of recency bias. He's played pretty bad this year, so that is factoring into my decision, obviously, a little bit. But I just don't really understand how you can put a guy like him on the list and have a guy like Dwight off. Obviously, Dwight was a better player when he was playing. Whether you want to debate that, you can argue with the wall. But that is my biggest surprise.
0: Yeah, I think I think that was a good route to go. I had Damian Lillard. We both had current players. I love Dame. I'm a Dame supporter. But he's not a top 75 player in NBA history. When you leave off guys like we're going to mention later like Manu Ginobili, Dwight Howard, I just don't see how you can justify putting Damian Lillard no matter how electrifying he is. I don't I don't understand how you can justify putting him on this list. It it, it just doesn't make sense to me outside of the all-star games and the all-NBAs, he doesn't really – and the rookie of the year, he doesn't really have much on his resume. But it is what it is. For the most part, I was pretty happy with the list. There were a couple people left off that I would have preferred to see on the list. One of those people was Manu Ginobili. One of the best – one of the best, like, bench spark plug guys there has ever been. Four-time NBA champion. Two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, and he was sixth man of the year. I just – he was so effective for those Spurs teams that won championships and were just always at the top of the NBA that I think it was it was shocking to see him not on the list, see where they're coming from. But I do think he deserved to be on this list. And my second guy was Dwight Howard. I think Dwight had to be on this list. There was nobody doing it like Dwight back in the day. Prime Dwight Howard was a problem. He was – at times the best in the NBA and it, it wasn't close. Obviously he's not what he used to be, but he's a three-time defensive player of the year, eight-time all NBA, five, uh, five-time total rebounding champ, two-time block champ, five-time all defensive team. I mean, I don't know what you could ask for on a resume. He has an NBA championship now. So I just don't see how you can leave him off this list and have a guy like Anthony Davis, like you said. But who were your guys that you could thought were snubbed from the NBA 75 rankings?
1: I thought that Pau Gasol was a big snub off of the top 75 rankings. Obviously not, you know, a dominant player when he played, but he was a great player for a lot of years. And I think that he definitely deserved to be on the list. He was great on some of those Lakers teams. And someone else that I'd probably put on my list is, well, it's hard, it's hard to put him on the list because he hasn't really done much, but it's hard to see an MVP like Derrick Rose not be on the list. Just I know injuries are the reason he's not on the list, but as a former MVP, he's one of two former MVPs not on the list, him and Jokic, and Jokic will be there eventually. So it's just hard to see someone like D. Rose not on the list as a former MVP, but those are my two guys.
0: Yeah, that's always that, you know, like, what if. You see it on all these NBA Instagram posts. You could have, like, Russell Westbrook with Curry shooting LeBron with, like, Russell Westbrook's vertical, and then it's like Derrick Rose if he never got hurt. He was one of the most electrifying players in the league at that time. I remember going to watch him play after the ACL, and it just wasn't the same. But, yeah, it, it does suck not to see him on here. Obviously, like you said, Jokic will be on this list. Eventually, if everything plays out the way it's going, and that leads into our next segment, which is where we're going to talk about who we think is going to make the NBA 100 team in 25 years. I think there's a couple guys in the league that are going to be locks for the list. I think if their career trajectories stay the same, I think Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, or not Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Nicole Jokic are on the list. They're both going to be big men MVPs, which we don't see as much anymore. Was Steph Curry on the 75 list, or was he left off? He was on it, I'm pretty sure. Okay, I was about to say he's a a lock for sure. If AD wasn't on this list, I'd say he's a lock, but he's already on the list. I'm kind of blanking on some guys that are going to make it in 25 years, but Mason, who do you think is going to cement their status as one of the top 100 players in NBA history?
1: I think obviously the glaring hole that you got to go with is Jokic and Luka Doncic, the two foreign players. Luka Doncic, if he just stays healthy, he's already on a career trajectory to be a top 20 player of all time. He's playing out of his mind as a young guy. Same with Jokic. Honestly, a generational talent at big men. But as foreign guys, I definitely think they're a lock in 25 years. I'm going to go ahead and give a surprise of a guy that I think could has a chance of making that NBA 100 year that a lot of people aren't thinking about, and that's Bam Adebayo. Eric Spolstra always talks about how his game has no ceiling. He's only 24. His best basketball is in front of him. He's gonna. He's a great defender. He's gonna win. He's gonna win a ton of awards on defense, and as an already two-time All Defensive NBA player, I think that he has a chance to. But he could get the Dwight Howard treatment as a defensive player and not necessarily make it. So,
0: I think another guy that I just completely forgot about that's gonna be on this list is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I know you don't like to hear that as a hardened stand, but just what he's done, just being so dominant, he's. An MVP is defensive player of the year, he might win both again this year. I think if he I think he's definitely going to be on the list. He has a championship. There's not much more you could ask for. So I think he cemented himself on the next version of this list. And I think a couple other guys that can make this list. James Harden, if he gets a championship, I think he can make this list. I think a guy like Kawhi Leonard can make this list. And I actually then,
1: think that both of those guys, Giannis and Harden, are on the list. They're already on the list. Top 75 list? I'm pretty sure the only two MVPs that aren't on the list are Jokic. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. I did forget about that. So ignore what I just said, they're both on the list. Kawhi Leonard, he could definitely make this if he gets healthy and wins probably a championship with the Clippers. I think he's on this list. One of the best two-way players we've ever seen. I think Russell Westbrook is going to get consideration as much as people are going to hate that. I think he's going to get a consideration, average a triple-double for, what was it, two years, three years, something like that. doesn't happen very often, obviously. So I think he'll definitely get consideration. Or he's already on the list. He's an MVP. What am I talking about? Oh, my yeah, God, I am somewhere. out <laughs> of it. I am so out <laughs> yeah. of it. All right, so let's just ignore that. We can just move on to our next segment. Actually, before we move on, I do want to say, I think Chris Paul might get consideration for NBA 100. I think he could definitely be on that list. He's not an MVP, is he? I'm
1: sure he's still on the list, though, bro. Are
0: you kidding me?
1: I'm pretty sure he is. You got, I mean, you got to really think outside of the box at guys like Dwight Howard and Paul Gasol who are on the list. It's a lot of players on the list. I'll probably say the top three best players that aren't on the list are Dwight Howard, Paul Gasol, and Tracy McGrady. Those are the three big snubs that I saw. Obviously, you have Ginobili and Tony Parker on those Spurs teams. It's kind of crazy that um, that Tim Duncan is the only one out of the those recent Spurs teams, besides obviously Kawhi that that didn't make the or that made the NBA All seventy five team. So,
0: yeah, so yeah, it's a lot
1: of players on that seventy five <laughs>
0: team. Believe it or not. Let's just move on to the next segment so I can stop making myself look stupid. We're going to talk about our midseason season awards. <laughs> There's definitely going to be disagreement on these between me and Mason, especially with the most important award of the season MVP. So, Mason, I'll just let you start. Who's your midseason MVP? I'm going
1: to go with Joel Embiid. I think he's been dominant on the offensive stats. As much as I like Nikola Jokic and as much as DJ likes to ride Joel Embiid, I do think that Joel Embiid is having too good of an offensive season. That's a great defensive player. Um, He has a great PER this year, one of the best, one of the best, one of the biggest usage rates in the last 25 years. And I think that he's all in all just the best player in the league this year. That could change, though. Now, that could change because he is getting an offensive weapon to come to Philadelphia. So his usage rate might go down a little and that might, that might swing Jokic's way. Who is this Mason I know picking Joel
0: Embiid as a midseason MVP? It's not because I wanted to, that's for sure. I mean, this is this is great. My, my missus and MVP is also Joel Embiid. He's been so dominant this year, getting double-team, triple-team, and still going out there and putting up uh, – it's like 29 points a game. He's leading the NBA in scoring right now, 29.6 points per game. Absolutely insane usage rate, like you mentioned. And he's still just so efficient while he's, while he's been out there, being double-team, 31.8 PER. Like you said, sixty-one percent true shooting percentage. I mean, I don't think it's an argument. I think there's arguments at this point, but I think Joel Embiid is definitely the favorite going forward. You said you you mentioned adding adding Harden. I think that does add an interesting twist to the race. I think it could definitely hurt Joel Embiid, but I think Joel Embiid would be willing to give up the MVP to potentially win a championship. So let's just move on to the next. Um, award defensive player of the year. I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Obviously, he's won it before. He's a force on the defensive end. He's an elite scorer too, but that doesn't play into this award. He's one of the most dominant players in the NBA, averaging one point four blocks a steal. I mean, he's just a stopper. He can defend. He can defend the perimeter. He can defend inside. He's just a guy you would love to have on your team. His defensive box plus minus is three point five. It, his defensive win series, 2.7. I mean, he, he's just so dominant on both sides of the ball. But, Mason, who's your defensive player of the year? For defensive player of the year, I have Rudy Gobert. I think
1: that he's his defensive impact is so underrated. I mean, he's first in rebounds, first in rebound percentage, first in total contests has a 42% opponent field goal rate and first in defensive win shares. I mean, those are numbers that you just can't argue with. As good as Giannis is on the defensive side with that length, Rudy Gobert is someone that I am not going at in the paint if I'm nine foot three. So, I mean, I just think that he's he's one of the best – defense. he's definitely the best defensive rim protector in the league, and I think he's also the best defensive player in the league. I'll go ahead and move on to most improved player while I'm go ahead and talking. And there's only one answer for this, so I'm not going to take long. It's Ja Morant. It's very, very obvious. If Ja Morant doesn't win it, the award is rigged, or the people are crazy. I guess you could make an argument for, like, DeMar DeRozan, because he's having such a good year. But, I mean, Ja has absolutely turned it on from last year.
0: Yeah, the clear answer is Ja. There's not much to talk about here. There's, there are a couple players that have taken, uh, taken big leaps this year, but they're being overshadowed by Ja Morant, who's an MVP candidate as well. I think another guy that in a normal year would get consideration is Anthony Simons. Obviously, with the departure of C.J. McCollum, his role has increased a lot. And with injury problems with Dame, he's gotten more and more playing time, more and more usage. He's up to 17 points per game this season after averaging 7.8 last year, averaging four four assists, averaging half a steal. He's efficient enough, got a 15.8 PER. But that'll go. That'll get better as he settles in. He's shooting okay. He's shooting 40% from three, which is a lot better than I thought. So, I think in a normal year, Anthony Simons would be a guy we look at for this award, but obviously with Ja Morant taking just a massive leap, MVP-level leap, you, it, it's just a shoe-in for him to win. Is there anybody that you looked at other than Ja Morant that's improved this season, or were you just zoned in on Ja?
1: Like I said, I do think that DeMar DeRozan has improved a good bit this year. Obviously, jumping up into that MVP conversation that nobody really even had him close to before this year. So that's my most improved players.
0: And then we'll just move on to rookie of the year. I have Evan Mobley, probably the most versatile rookie from this class. And I don't think it's relatively close. I mean, for a big man, there's not much more you could ask for. He's just he's he's good. He's really good. Hit a half-court shot at the All-Star weekend. He's averaging 15 points, averaging two and a half assists, a steal, a block and a half, six re- or eight rebounds. Eight rebounds. My bad. There's not much more you could ask for. He's on a really good team, which also helps his case. He's on an overachieving Cavs team, shooting over 50% from the field, true shooting percentage. So he's definitely a guy that is 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 probably leading for this award. I. My second in uh rookie of the year would probably be a guy like Cade Cunningham. He's he started off shooting terribly. Me and Mesa talked about it a little bit. He was being he was shooting historically bad, just terrible, terrible percentages. But he's picked it up a lot as the season has gone on. He's up to almost 40% from the field. He's shooting about 33% from three, averaging 16 points, which I think might be leading all rookies. He's averaging five and a half rebounds. Over a steal, almost a block. He, he's efficient enough. He, he's gotten a lot better. Obviously, being on the Pistons doesn't help his case. Arguably the worst team in the NBA. But, Mason, I'll jump over to you. Who's your rookie of the year?
1: Mine's also going to – I'm just going to go with Evan Mobley as well. Obviously, he's been the best this year. Another guy that I was considering, as well, since you already talked about Evan Mobley, is Scotty Barnes. He's played great this year, great defensive player. Gave us a little bit of a Shaq in the full moment in the All-Star Weekend, not going to lie, when he was with Tyrese Maxey doing the clutch challenge. He didn't look very clutch. But, I mean, despite that moment, all season he's played great. He's been a great pickup. A guy who I wasn't really high on coming into this year, hadn't really read much about him, but he has absolutely balled out in Toronto. So,
0: Yeah, scotty has been, been great. Obviously his moment at the All-Star weekend was a very, very low light. That was terrible. Another guy that I do want to talk about right here for Rookie of the Year, he obviously isn't going to win it just because of his role, but Ayo DeSumo for the Bulls, he's – I've talked about him on other episodes. He's one of my favorite players in the league right now just because of his role. Swiss Army knife type guy that you can just throw out there. He's a He's a heart and soul type guy, hustle guy. That's just going to go out there and give you his – 100% every time he's on the floor. Only averaging about eight points, averaging about three rebounds, three assists, about a steal, half a block. He's not going to have the flashiest numbers, but his impact has definitely felt. He's shooting about 40% from three, 52% from the field. So he's definitely a guy that has <clears throat> improved as the season has gotten, gone on, and I think his role will only get bigger. So now that we've talked about rookie of the year, let's move on to coach of the year. I am going with Monty Williams here. There's a lot of routes you could have gone here. I'm going with Monty Williams because he's he's the coach of the best team in the league. They've had a couple injuries this year that they've overcome. I mean, they're 48-10, and 10, I think it is, which is just absurd. I mean, this team has just been dominant. They've won, what was it, like 18 out of their last 19 or 19 out of their last 20 or something. Uh, there's a lot of routes you could have gone, but I went Monty Williams here. Mason, who did you go with for coach of the year?
1: Um, I actually went with J.B. Bickerstaff of Cleveland. I think that he's done a great job in Cleveland. Obviously, a very overachieving Cavs team. Nobody really expected this, especially after the drama with Sexton and Kevin Love and all that stuff came out. So I do think that he is a great coach. He's doing a great job. Obviously, Monty Williams has right now the best team in the NBA working for him. They're hot. They're so hot like the sun. But... I think that Cleveland honestly exceeded more expectations than the Sun did. I think that what they're doing, being in the playoffs right now, is more surprising than what Phoenix is doing. So I'm going to go with J.B. Bickerstaff.
0: Yeah, there are two guys I do want to mention here that I also thought of for this award. Billy Donovan with the Bulls, having kind of a career resurgence right now. He got – he separated with the Thunder. I don't think he got actually fired, but he's, he's back in the NBA coaching with the Bulls. They're the second seed, in the, or tied for the first seed in the East right now. Got an MVP candidate in DeMar DeRozan. Got another superstar in Zach Levine. Just to see them tied for first in the East, I, I thought they would be good. I didn't think they'd be this good. So to see him overperform like that is nice. And then the other guy I wanted to mention was Taylor Jenkins with the Grizzlies. They are the four seed, I think, in the West, the three seed in the West at 41 and 19. They have such a young team. Just see them over-performing like this, kind of like the Cavs, like you mentioned. They have an MVP candidate in John Morant, have a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Jaron Jackson Jr. I think they are a contender somewhat in the playoffs, which we'll talk about later. But just see what he's done is very, very surprising. Just – if there's anybody that you th- anybody else that you thought of, just mention it quickly, and then we'll move on to sixth man of the year.
1: Yeah, I didn't really have anybody else besides the guys that you've already mentioned.
0: All right, and I think we're going to be in agreement here on sixth man of the year. I have Tyler Hero. I I, I think it's pretty clear. He's he's definitely probably the best six man in the NBA right this this season. I mean, he's just been so effective. He can easily give you thirty off the bench if he wanted to. He's averaging twenty points. On the year, he's averaging about five rebounds, about four assists. I mean, I, I don't know what else, what more you could ask for. He, he's he's just a spark plug. You put him in, he can give you 20 just like that. Shooting over 55% from the field, true shooting percentage-wise. I do apologize if y'all can hear the car honk in the background. is very loud right now. But, Mason, who did you have for sixth man of the year? Um, Obviously, I also had Tyler here. It's not really close either I mean
1: some guys that I would like to mention just as a side thing Kevin Love is having uh, like a career resurgence almost with the Cavs he's playing great this year as a six man also Tyrese Halliburton playing great as a second year player I want to say he's balling out so both of those guys definitely pretty good Tyrese Maxey on that great Sixers team is another guy so those are my six men of the year guys
0: yeah, another guy I do want to mention is Kelly Oubre. One of my favorite players in the NBA, as Mason and the group chat knows. Love Kelly Oubre. He's been he's been really good for the, the Hornets, who are one of the most exciting teams in the league this season, averaging about 16-4 and 1, shooting 34% from three. He's a guy that can get in there and just give you buckets. But that's our midseason awards. Obviously, that is all subject to change. We're going to come back to this after the season, and we're going to see where we were right, where we were wrong. But now that we're done with that, let's move on to our third segment of the day, our final segment of the day. We're going to predict the current – we're going to predict the playoffs if they started today. So, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up this bracket. Me and Mason are going to look at it. We're going to pick who we have in the play-in, and then we're going to pick – who we have winning each round with an eventual champion. So I'll start – we'll start in the east. I'll start right here with the Hornets and Hawks in the play in the 9-10 and 10 seed. I do have the Hornets advancing out of that play-in game. I think they're just a better all-around team than the Hawks. The Hawks obviously have Trey Young, who willed them to a playoff run last year. But I think the Hornets have a more complete team. They have LaMelo Ball, who is one of the best up-and-coming point guards in the NBA. They have Miles Bridges, who's a great piece to have. They have Gordon Hayward, who can still give you buckets. And like I mentioned, they have Kelly O'Reilly off the bench. So, Mason, who do you have in this matchup?
1: I also have the Hornets as well. I just am not very fond of the Hawks, and I think the Hornets are just an all-in-all better team.
0: We'll move down to the next play-in game, which is an interesting one because it is the Nets versus the Raptors. I'm going with the Nets here. If the Nets are healthy, I don't think this is really a game. Simmons, yeah, it's not a game. To be ben Simmons, honest. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, is they're just going to overpower Spicy P and, and Scotty Barnes and Fred Benfleet. So now that we've done that, let's move on to our uh, the second playing game, the Hornets versus the Nets. I think this one's pretty clear, too. I'm going with the Nets. I think if they get healthy, that is a big if, if they get healthy. And assuming Kyrie can play home games at that point, I'm Easily going with the Nets, which put them as the seven seed and the Hornets as the eight seed. Mason, I'm assuming you're going to do the same, but just for the podcast's sake, just give me your pick.
1: It's the Nets. It's easily the Nets. If they're truthfully, if they get through the playing games, if they're in the playing when the playoffs come around, they are a dangerous team for one of these one and two seeds in the East because I would not want to play Kevin Durant and Kyrie in the first round, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting storyline to follow. I don't personally think they'll be in the play-in when the playoffs roll around. At worst, I think they'll be around the six or seven seed. But it is something to keep an eye on. So let's just go through the East while we're here. We'll start at the top. With our play-in bracket, that would give the Nets versus versus the Heat, which I think would be an absolutely amazing series. You have the Heat with guys like Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, like you mentioned earlier. Jimmy Buckets, who who's proven that he's a, a high-level playoff performer. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Going up against the high powered Nets, they have Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons.
1: Well, actually, that would put um that would put the the Hornets.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah would, yeah, would, yeah, would. dang, I look stupid today, all right, <laughs> all right, well, that, that would
1: put the this. Hornets against the Raptors, right, they would have to play a game, and the Hornets would have to win,
0: oh yeah, it would, I forgot how the play-in
1: worked, <laughs> yeah, so the Hornets, so uh, the Hornets against the Raptors, I am taking the Hornets
0: still, so I'll put the Hornets in that 8 spot right there, The Hornets in the eighth spot, and then that slides the Nets in the seventh spot. Okay. Yep. All right. So, let's start right here. The Heat versus the Hornets. Not as interesting of a matchup as I was talking about if it was Heat Heat versus Nets, but it still should be an exciting one. I think the Heat do end up winning this series in about six, five or six games, five or six hard fought games. I think the Hornets are going to make it exciting, but I think they're so young, even with Gordon Hayward, that they're, they're... just not going to have enough to win this series over the Heat. So what's your pick here, Mason? I'm going to go with the Heat as well, and I'm not going to be as nice as you. I'm going to say five pretty easy games. All right, so let's just move down. We'll just move right down the, the bracket. Y'all can't see it, but obviously we can. So we'll go with Cavs versus the Bucks, which is another one I think could be really fun. I think this could go six six or seven games, but I am going with the Bucks here. The Cavs are just so young. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Darius Garland, Karis LeVert. A bunch of guys I really like, but they're all really young, don't really have any playoff experience, and you're going up against the de- the defending NBA champions with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton. I think it goes six games. I think the Cavs steal two, but I think the Bucks win the other four pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bucs as well, but I think that it's probably going to go to seven games, and I think Chris Middleton's going to save Giannis once again. So, I'm going to go with the Bucks.
0: All right, let's just move on. We're just going to act like that comment never happened. Let's oh, move what on. Happened. Let's move on to the Bulls versus the Nets. This is also an exciting one. Like I was saying earlier with the Nets, they're all going to be exciting. They're going against the Bulls, who have MVP candidate DeMar DeRozan, superstar Zach Levine, the uh, Nikola Vucevic, his first name is Nikola, right? Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Got him confused with the other white Nikola center. Just had to double check. But I do think it presents an interesting series. Obviously, the Nets don't have a elite level big guy. They have Andre Drummond, who's been playing good this year, but is the empty stack king. So we'll have to see how he fares against Nikola Vucevic. It will be an interesting series. I don't know what I'm going with here. I really like the Bulls, but the Nets have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So I think I am going to side with the Nets here in seven very tightly contested games, but I could definitely see it, see it going the Bulls way.
1: Yeah. um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the Nets as well. And Truthfully, this is an absolutely brutal matchup for the Bulls. I mean, they play well all year, get a two-seed, and have the privilege of playing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the first round. I mean, that's just terrible to me. But I am going to go with the Nets because that terrible matchup is in the Nets' favor. And as much as it sucks that a two-seed has to play the Nets in the first round, I am going to still go with the Nets.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this is all dependent on the Nets being healthy, too. If the Nets aren't 100% healthy or if Kyrie can't play home games, that changes things. But a healthy, healthy Nets team, I think, does take down the Bulls. And um, We'll move on to the last one, the three versus the six seed. My Philadelphia 76ers versus the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics have been one of the hottest teams in the NBA recently. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know how I feel about both of those. Both of those guys, not a big JT fan, but a huge Jalen Brown fan. This is another interesting one. I think this is going to be a fun series. These teams obviously don't like each other. The Sixers just added James Harden, who we'll see tomorrow make his debut. I think, ultimately, James Harden and Joel Embiid is a much better duo than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think that presents an interesting series. I think the Sixers steal this one in five or six games. Obviously, I may be a little biased, but Mason, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I just think the Sixers are just going to overpower
1: the Celtics, sadly. Um, I think that <laughs> James Harden's going to – Kind of run all over Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, whoever they decide to make a little bit of a pest out of. But I mean, James Harden's too good on offense. I think he really brings a new element to that off to the Sixers offense. So really lob era kind of setting Joel up for these easy buckets. So, I mean, if, as long as they can mesh well together, I don't see any reason why the Sixers would lose that game.
0: Yeah, I just don't see anybody. On the Celtics, who can really slow slow down Joel Embiid enough, or and if you slow down him enough, you have to slow down hard enough. You can't slow down both of them. I think obviously, I think ultimately one of them will be enough for the Sixers to win that series. So let's move on to the second round, where we have the Heat versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Another fun one, I think. There's a lot of stars in this one. Evan – or not not Evan Mobile, I'm thinking about the Cavs. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, playoff-performing players. And then you have the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions. Giannis went crazy in the playoffs last year. Chris Middleton went crazy in the playoffs last year. Bobby Portis went crazy in the playoffs last year. They still have Drew Holiday. I think this is going to be a fun series. So, Mason, what are your thoughts on the Heat versus the Bucks in the second round?
1: Chris Middleton can't save them all, baby. I'm going with the Heat this round, probably in about six to seven games. I really just think that they're a better team than the Bucs this year, have a great, great young core, great lineup in general. So I am going to go with the Heat over the Bucs. Ecstatically,
0: yeah, i to add. If y'all didn't know, Mason is the Giannis hater of the podcast. I'm not a huge Giannis fan, but I do respect Giannis enough. So I am going to go with the Bucs here. I think Giannis performs well enough in the playoffs. I don't think they have anybody who can really stop him. I think Chris Middleton we've seen play well in the playoffs. Drew Holiday I think is a good enough defender to slow down a guy like Jimmy Butler, slow down a guy like Tyler Hero. So I do think they end up overpowering the Heat. I do think it goes seven games, and I think the Bucs win a close seventh game to advance to their second straight Eastern Conference Finals. So let's just move down the bracket. We have the Bulls, the Nets versus the 76ers. I'm going with the 76ers here. Obviously, again, I may be a little biased. I think it's going to go seven games. The, the, the Nets just don't have anybody to stop Joel Embiid. It's as simple as that. They have Andre Drummond. I don't think Andre Drummond is going to be that good at all against Joel Embiid. They have James Harden, who I think is going to be on a on a revenge mission against this former team, I, I think it's an interesting series. I think it'll be fun. I think it goes seven games. I think the Sixers ultimately win because of home court advantage. I
1: think this is where the Sixers' dream season comes to an end. I'm also going to go with the Nets, The you know, the surprising eight seed running their way through the playoffs. I really don't think it goes to many games, to be completely honest. I think the, I think the Nets are just too good. With with being fully healthy, might I add, and having Kyrie for every game, I just don't see how they can keep up. How the Sixers can keep up with that team? So, before you get all mad at me, I'm just gonna say Nets in seven.
0: So, I just don't see how you can make that pick, but with my brain, okay. The the, the Nets will not the, my heart. The net. I'm using my brain too. That Joel Embiid and James Harden is the best duo in the NBA. The Nets have no one who's going to come even remotely close to stopping Joel Embiid. He might average 35 that series. Ben Simmons is a liability in the playoffs, as we've seen before, as I can attest to personally from seeing it in person. While well, I can
1: attest as a James Harden fan, he's not exactly Mr. P- Primetime in the playoffs. So,
0: Okay, but you can play him in the
1: final two minutes. Yeah, and then he can get he's not a prime time who who would you rather have we saw that last year
0: who would you rather have in the playoffs James Harden or Ben Simmons um James Harden but I mean that's like asking me if
1: I want a brick to build my house or straw
0: let's move on (laughs) all right so that sets up two different Eastern Conference finals for us I have the heat or I have the Bucks versus the Sixers Mason has the heat versus the Nets I believe Mason, do you want to start us off here and tell us who you have going to the finals out of the Eastern Conference?
1: I have the heat going to the Eastern. I have the heat going to the finals out of this conference. I think they're the better team. I think that Jimmy Butler is going to play out of his mind in the playoffs like he pretty regularly does. They're were the they the best team in the East in the regular season, so I don't think it's that big a surprise. But as this team may not have all the star power as the Nets have, I still think that they're a good team and they can get it done.
0: Yeah, if this happens, we're never going to hear the end of it from our buddy Mark, but hopefully they don't win the championship. That's all I'm pulling for at this point. I'll just move on to mine. I have the Bucks versus the Sixers. I feel like I've said this for every series, but I think it's going to be a great one. I think it's going to be a fun one. I do have the Sixers advancing to the finals in seven games. Surprise, surprise. I mean, I'm not even being biased. I'm just using my brain here. Joel Embiid, James Harden, I think is a great duo. You talk about James Harden playoff struggles, but it's not like he's a bum in the playoffs. I mean, he's still giving you buckets. Still a most improved defender from what he was a couple of years ago. I think they're, I think they're, if they're not the best duo, they are a top three duo, duo in the NBA.
1: We have not even seen them play yet, so we do not know if they will mesh at all. I mean, we did not see James Harden and KD mesh very well at all. So they meshed, we cannot they played, 100% they, say that they They played well, well when
0: they played together. They just couldn't get on the court. They played 16 games together, and they averaged like 120 or 30-something points.
1: But we still haven't seen James Harden and Joel Embiid, so we don't know how they're going to mesh. Well, I'm using the hypothetical here that they're going to mesh very well. Which I mean, hypothetically, the- you could say Joel Embiid's going to get mad that James Harden's playing iso ball. Like, everybody gets mad when James Harden plays iso ball.
0: Yeah, that narrative's just a complete lie. I, I, I mean, Joe, or James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant are all top three in iso ball, but that's a conversation for a different podcast. I do have the, the Sixers advance to the finals here, like I said. I think Giannis versus Embiid is going to be an extremely fun series. It's always fun when they play. They always seem to give each other 40 points. And it's always just a great game to watch. I think this goes seven games, 100%. I think it easily goes seven games, which gives me the Philadelphia 76ers coming out of the East. So let's move on to the Western Conference before we talk about our championship games. We'll start with the 1st playing game. The Los Angeles Lakers versus the Portland Trailblazers, who are somehow still in the play I think this is pretty clear. If they say healthy, I'm going with the Lakers. Even if they don't say healthy, I think I'm going with the Lakers because the Trailblazers are a rebuilding team.
1: Yeah, Trailblazers are sorry for sure. I'm definitely going with the Lakers on this one.
0: So let's just move on down to our 2nd playing game in the Western Conference, Mason's Los Angeles Clippers versus the Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves. This one also depends on health. 100% it depends on what the deal is with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard which I Don't think we really know what the deal Is with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard So I am going to go with the Timberwolves here well, I think Paul that, George
1: will be healthy by playoffs it's Kawhi that they have to Worry about
0: Yeah if it's pandemic P By himself playoff it's going to, P. Pandemic P it's going to be It's going to be we saw playoff series. P last year
1: Pandemic P is over we saw playoff P
0: last year all right, let me move on to my pick. Pandemic P and the Clippers aren't going to be enough to overcome the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think I think Cat is having a great year. Obviously, he just won the three-point contest. First big man to do that. On the court, he's having a great year. They have a great team all around. They're finally coming together, like we've heard about. All these years, their young core is finally coming together. They have a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's an elite-level scorer. have a guy like Cat, like I talked about. It's just one of the better bigs in the game. Have a guy like Nas Reed, Jaden McDaniels, two young guys, Jared Vanderbilt, another young guy, that are just they're gonna go out there and give you give it. They're all Delo, Patrick Beverly, guys like that that I think are gonna will them to this victory, which gives us the Timberwolves as a seven seed and sets up the Lakers versus the Clippers, and and the battle of LA in the play-in. I mean that would be absolutely exciting Hold to on. see.
1: Before you go and go off on your thing, I'm going with the Clippers. I'm not going with that weak Denver Rolls team. So oh, yeah, if five, they have playoff, year. if they have playoff P, playoff P is going to dominate. If they have playoff being and Kawhi, it's over for the entire play in tournament. They have a chance to make a run at a championship with playoff P and Kawhi. So if they have playoff P alone, they made the conference finals with playoff P and no Kawhi last year. So I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Clippers.
0: Shocker. LA's team. Shocker. Well, all right, let's move to my play-in. I have the – Lake. my second play-in game, the Chamberwolves are the seventh seed. Or, yeah, the seventh seed. I have the Lakers versus the Clippers in the second play-in game. I think this would be a very fun game, obviously, Battle of L.A. being – what is it now, the Crypto.com Center, not the Staples Center anymore. But I think it would be a fun series. This one depends on health, I think. Depends on what the Clippers have, depends on what the Lakers have. The Lakers obviously haven't been good with Russell Westbrook running the show at point guard, which does hinder them in this format, I feel like. But I do think the Lakers have enough power with LeBron and with AD to win this series, I see, or to win this game. I see Mason rolling his eyes. Mason, why don't you go ahead and pick your second playing game, which I believe is the Lakers versus the Timberwolves.
1: I'm going to go with the Lakers against the Timberwolves. I think the Lakers – once they get fully healthy, once they get a little bit of their minds right. I mean, Bronze too much. I don't think he's gonna lose in the play in. We didn't see him losing the first round until last year, but I really don't think he's gonna lose in the play in. So
0: I'm gonna go with the Lakers coming
1: out of that one and be in the eight seed.
0: All right, so let's move on to our playoff predictions. Mason has the Suns versus the Lakers. It would be yeah, the Suns versus the Lakers. In the first round, how do you see that series playing out? Suns in four enough said you heard the man all right i had the suns versus the lakers as well i believe yes i did Had the suns versus the lakers going same thing i think the lakers might steal two like they did last year but i think the suns do win this series i think the four games they win are are going to be pretty convincing wins so let's just move on down to our our next matchup in the western conference which would be a fun one we get to see the utah jazz Take on the Dallas Mavericks. This is the first time. Um, Luka Doncic isn't playing the Clippers. He actually has a chance this round, this year. Who are you taking in this second round series? Facts. He doesn't have to play as Kryptonite this year. That's nice
1: for him. Um, I'm going to take Luka Doncic. He finally gets you know to play a team that's not the Clippers, which is good for him. And I really don't. I'm really not a believer in the Jazz team. I don't think that they're ever going to win a championship with the roster they have now. I'm just not a fan of the guys that they have don't think they're ever going to break that upper echelon of teams. So I'm going to say they're going to get bounced in the first round by a great Luka Doncic team.
0: Yeah, I'm going the other way. I'm going with the Jazz here. I'm a huge Luka fan, but they just traded away Chris Stops. They have Jalen Brunson or Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing terrible this year. I think the Utah Jazz have Donovan Mitchell. They have Rudy Gobert, who is a great, Defensive player, we've seen him not perform in the playoffs, but we've seen Donovan Mitchell be one of the best playoff performers in the league in recent years. I think they do overpower the Mavericks, which sucks for Luka. He gets bounced again in the first round. But I think the Jazz win this game in about four – or not four games, about six games, which set up a great series against the Suns. But let's move on down to our two – two seed versus seven seed. I have the Warriors – Versus the Timberwolves, Mason had the Warriors versus the Clippers. I'll go ahead and start. I have the Warriors winning the series. I think they might win the series in four no matter who they play. They're just dominant. Steph Curry we've seen go crazy in the playoffs. Klay Thompson we've seen go ballistic in the playoffs. Draymond Green is a great guy to have. They have James Wiseman coming back. They have just a bunch of pieces, and I think they they win this series pretty convincingly.
1: Not so fast, buddy. Not if playoff P and Kawhi Leonard are healthy. We have to to realize that playoff P had one of the best playoffs of all time last year. Well, one of the best playoffs in recent memory last year in in Kawhi's absence. Kawhi is one of the best players in the league, probably top five, depending on where you have him. Obviously, he's in the back of people's minds right now because he hasn't played this year. But, you know, top whatever, top. Top two defender and he's not two. So I this completely depends on the availability of the Clippers team. I think if the Clippers have their full roster, I would take the Clippers. But I just I can't take the Clippers, not knowing if they're gonna have a full roster. So I'm gonna go with the Warriors on this one. But if the Clippers have the full roster, I would take the Clippers.
0: Tyron Lue said at some point in February that we know Cole is probably not gonna come back this season. So it's looking like the Clippers will be without Kawhi Leonard in this series, which you talked about there, which I do think gives this series to the Warriors. So let's move on down to the last first-round matchup in the Western Conference. The three-seeded Memphis Grizzlies versus the six-seeded Denver Nuggets. I think this is another one that depends on help. Jamal Murray, I don't know what his timeline is. I don't think he's coming back this year. Michael Porter Jr., another guy they have out. So it's honestly impressive they are the six seed and not in the play-in with only Nikola Jokic, basically. If the Nuggets are healthy, I think they win this series. But unfortunately, they are not healthy. So I'm going with the Grizzlies here. I think John Morant, we saw him do it last year. I think he balls out again in the playoffs this year, and I think he wills this Memphis Grizzlies team to a second-round berth.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies as well. I just don't think the Nuggets are going to be healthy enough. As much as I love Nicole Nuggets and as talented I think he is, I think the Grizzlies led by Ja are going to be a force to be reckoned with in this playoffs for sure. So I'm also going to go with the Grizzlies. All
0: right, I'll start with my first second-round matchup. I have the Suns versus the Jazz. I think this is going to be a great series. I think this goes seven games. I, I really do. I think Donovan Mitchell goes crazy in the playoffs. I think Devin Booker goes crazy in the playoffs again. I do think the Suns ultimately end up winning this series. I, I think the Jazz could definitely end up winning this series. You know what? You know what? I'm actually going to go with the Jazz here. I'm going to go with the Jazz in seven. Donovan Mitchell is going to go crazy. Ripping. Donovan Mitchell is going to go crazy. Rudy Gobert is going to do yeah, enough. you're crazy. you going to let me finish? Donovan Mitchell is going to go crazy. Rudy Gobert is going to do enough. Mike Conley is going to play at a, good, at a high, high enough level to win. I, th- I have the Jazz at seven.
1: Now that that's over, I'm going to go with the Suns. Obviously, they're the best team in the league right now. I'm not going to pick against them. So you, against you have the Sun,
0: Suns over Mavericks in how many games? Yeah.
1: Five, six, maybe. It's not going to be a close series. It definitely wouldn't be a close series against the Jazz, I can tell you that. But I am gonna go with the Suns in about five or six games. All right. It's so hard to predict games because because people can people can just steal a game like randomly in a series when you're up 3 0 and it doesn't really matter at that point. I just I I don't really think the games as much matter, just as how
0: competitive the games actually are. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. Let's move on down to our first second round or our second second round matchup. Grizzlies versus Warriors for both of us, I believe. I'm going with the Warriors here. I think they're just more experienced in playoffs. We've seen them win championships. I'm going with the Warriors might win the series in four games. I think it's it's a pretty easy win for the Warriors here. Yeah, I
1: agree. I think that um I think that the Warriors are gonna win this game. As good as the Grizzlies are and as much like kind of potential they have with that young core I just don't think that they're ready to knock off a team quite like the Warriors yet I think that this is the year that Steph Curry really shows his playoff prowess he hasn't really done it all that much in all their playoff runs but I really think that this is the year that he could show everybody that he is a playoff player he's a clutch player he's made for that moment so I'm going to pick the Warriors in probably about six games
0: yeah I think in a year or two I think we'll be talking about the Grizzlies as a team that could potentially make a legitimate run. But right now, I think they're just too young. John Morant would have to go absolutely insane this series to give them a real chance. I think the Warriors win this one in four. So let's move on to our Western Conference Finals. Mason has the Suns versus the Warriors. I have the Jazz versus the Warriors. Mason, I'm going to let you start before I give my pick.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with the Warriors on this one. As good as the Suns are, as good as they've been this year, and as – good as the best team in the NBA is that can't outmatch Steph Curry. And Steph Curry is one of the best players in the league, obviously probably top three this year, just in sheer talent. And I really think that, like I said, he, this is the year he's going to show his playoff prowess. Um, I think that this team is deep, a lot deeper than they have been. And I think with Clay coming back, Clay's going to start getting into a rhythm pretty soon. And that's going to make that team pretty deadly.
0: All right, I'm going to ask you to stay muted while I give my pick, and then you can react afterwards. Oh, my God. I have the Utah Jazz upsetting the Warriors in seven games. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. It sounds crazy. Donovan Mitchell, one of the best player performers in the league in recent years. Rudy Gobert, one of the best defensive players in the league in recent years. Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six men in the league have a guy like Eric Paschal who can give you buckets. You have a guy like Mike Conley who's an experienced point guard. You have another guy like Hassan Whiteside who can give you boards, give you defense. Royce O'Neal can give you boards, give you defense. Bogdanovich, uh, this is really just a gut feeling. I have the Jazz winning the series in seven games. I think it's seven very tightly contested games. So that gives me the Jazz versus the Sixers in the finals. Mason, what are your thoughts on
1: it's horrendous. I cannot believe you just had Hassan Whiteside as a pick, as a reason that the Jazz will win this game or win this series. But I digress. Um, obviously, Hassan, you're wrong.
0: Hassan has been effective.
1: Obviously, he's having, he's you're wrong. Eight, and eight. Obviously, you're wrong. You're picking a Jazz team with one guy who can really score at a at an amazing clip, like D. Mitch. Obviously, Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson can score, but he's not like the guy you're going to in the clutch. I mean if the if the if the Jazz somehow blindly wandered their way into the Western Conference Finals, they would get swept. That's all I have swept? to say. They, it would be four. It would be four and it wouldn't even be close. None of the games would be close. Yes, they would be swept by the Warriors. Okay.
0: Well, when the Jazz make it to the finals, I'm gonna come back to this episode. We'll have a TikTok up and running by then. I'll post this on the TikTok. And you know we'll, we'll and if the, it.
1: and if the Jazz If the Jazz get bounced in the first round, I can make the same TikTok, bro. And mine is more likely. Okay. You just picked a four seed with two teams over 40 wins. Three teams over 40 wins in the Western Conference. You picked a four seed. Okay. To beat
0: those three teams. What were the heat when they went to the finals a couple years ago? I thought they were a two seed. Were they not? I do not remember. Let me go back and look. I do want to know that. I don't think they were a high seed. I thought that was, they were the really two That was a, that was a Mickey Mouse run. I remember that. It definitely was not a Mickey Mouse run. They, they beat they, the they Bucks. They were a five seed. They,
1: okay, well, they beat the Bucks in four game in five games. So, okay, who did they play that? Who did they play that year?
0: They played the Pacers. They pay, played the Bucks, and then they played the Celtics. Swept the Pacers, beat the Bucks in five, and then beat the Celtics in six.
1: Well, Pacers had no business being there, so that makes sense. The Bucks. TJ Warren was going crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like that's the same thing with the Son <laughs> Whiteside. Like I don't care how crazy he's going. It's TJ Warren. It's the Whiteside. I do not care. They are mid, very, very mid.
0: Okay, whatever you say.
1: Literally, you could pick any of the top, like, like I would say, any of the top four seeds in the West. And not the top four, top three seeds in the West could have, um, could have beaten the Heat in the finals. While
0: anyway. we're while we're looking at this bracket, let's just look at some of the teams that are in the play that were in the playoffs that year: the Thunder and the Rockets and the Magic. Three of the, I think, the three worst teams in the league this year were all in the playoffs in 2020. Oh, how times have changed.
1: The Rockets are gonna be amazing in a couple of years for Jalen Green. So
0: we'll see. And Alfred and Sangoon. Let's move on to our championship Beast. championship picks. I'll let you start. I think you know what I'm going with here. I'll let you start with your champions your NBA finals bo- prediction.
1: How about we both pick our NBA finals? Like I pick your NBA finals and I pick my NBA finals. So that way, like we get a realistic pick from you and then we get like your
0: fantasy pick afterwards. Is that cool? So you're say you're saying we both we pick we like, both I'll pick, pick
1: Jazz 76ers
0: and then I pick- and I'll and i
1: pick mine. OK, but you, then you'll come back and pick both as well. Okay, OK, OK, OK. So for Jazz 76ers, I would obviously go with the 76ers. I don't think the Jazz are very good at all. So, I mean, it would be a nice little four games for the Utah Jet, for the 76ers. My fault. It would be a nice little four games for the Jazz too. nice little four day vacation. But, um. For my game, the most realistic one, I am picking the Warriors over the Heat. I think that this is the year that the Warriors come back to prominence, baby. I think that Steph Curry is absolutely going to ball in the playoffs. It is his Finals MVP year. It is his year, not to be stolen by anybody else. Him, Jonathan Kaminga with the amazing nickname, Clay Thompson. I mean, they're gonna <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're gonna play. They're gonna play great this year, and I think that. Um they're going to pretty much beat the Heat pretty easily. I don't really think it's going to go to seven games or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I'll start with yours. Warriors vs Heat. I think it'd go about 6 games. I think the Warriors are going to overpower the Heat if this matchup was to happen. I think like you said, I think Steph Curry wins Finals MVP this year if he makes it to the finals. It's his year. He's he's on a slump right now. Hopefully the All-Star weekend where he made 15 threes in a game. We'll propel him to a great second half of the year. We'll just have to see. I do think the Warriors will win that series. Another finals run that ends up just short for the Miami Heat, which does suck, but I do have the Warriors winning. And for mine, the one that's going to happen, the one you're going to see come summertime, I have the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers, winning the NBA championship over the Utah Jazz. I think Joel Embiid and James Harden are going to mesh very well. There will be a elite offensive duo. I think they are going to overpower most teams they play. You can't stop both guys. You're going to have to double team Joel in the post, and you're just going to have to you're going to have to leave James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, or Tobias Harris open. So I'm completely fine with personally. I think our offense is going to play at a high level with James Harden. I think James Harden finally gets himself a ring. Yeah, I have the Sixers taking down the Jazz in six games. LOL. I mean, it's going to happen. So we'll we'll come back to this. We're to the NBA Finals sometime in June, July. We'll come back to this then. And we'll reminisce in the fact that I was right. Uh, that's all we really have for this podcast. I don't know if I really have any closing thoughts. Mason, do you have anything you would like to tell our listeners before we head out?
1: On a serious note, I would like to say that my thoughts and prayers are with the people of Ukraine, and I hope that everybody who's over there is safe.
0: I would just agree with that. We are obviously praying for Ukraine. Obviously, it sucks what's happening over there. We can only hope for the best and do anything we can to help. But that's all we have for this week's episode. I'm DJ Kadin, and I'm joined by Mason McKay, and we will see y'all next week.